It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live, Health Watch. She's writing a prescription for hope. Here's Michelle. Thank you, Big Voice Guy. Welcome to Health Watch Today by My Michelle Live. You can find us at MyMichelleLive.com. Like us, share us, and listen today because we're going to be looking at a year later of COVID. What do we know about those darn masks we're now having to wear around everywhere? There's been some real twists and turns in the plot. And you've heard me say this quite a bit, that when COVID first hit and there was a bit of fear, we didn't know exactly what it is or what was going on. We made some drastic choices. Um, And maybe that was for the best for a moment to get our breath and say, okay, what are we dealing with here? Here we are. A year later, and not a lot has changed. In fact, the fear factor has just grown, and our freedom factor has really reduced. What do we know now? Where do we go from here? I've invited an attorney, Thomas Rents, to join us. Now, he's a lead attorney in a, a few major cases regarding the unconstitutionality of some of the lockdown choices, mask mandates, and business closures. These are things we need to be thinking about. How far are you willing to give up your rights? And what will America look like if we keep going down this road? Uh, Thomas Rents, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. There's a, there's a few issues on the table. I'd like to talk about some of the uh, cases that you're involved in, but one of the big issues that's hit the news is California and how the Supreme Court has said, yeah, maybe, Newsom, you went a little bit too far. Your thoughts on, yeah. on the ruling? Well, he definitely went way too far. Uh, the biggest problem that I have with the ruling is that the attorney should have, should have taken it farther. And this is something that I've seen over and over. Uh, we had the big win in the Brooklyn Diocese case, too. And so let me start out and premise this with this. Uh, I'd like to think I'm a reasonable guy. I certainly believe that COVID's a real disease. It's killed lots of people. It's killed people very close to me. Um, and it's a very, very sad thing. No one any loss of life is too much. So I get that. That said, we have a constitution and that constitution becomes more important than ever when there's an emergency. And you can't throw it out because there's an emergency. The other thing is, is what is an emergency, right? So an emergency is something that's unexpected. It pops up, you deal with it and you move on. COVID is just the way it is. It's not an emergency. We're, we're going to have COVID forever. It's not going anywhere. We know it's not going anywhere. You can't beat it. Uh, the best you can do is to treat it and move on. And thankfully, it's got a 99.9 plus percent recovery rate. So, you know, realistically, while it does kill some people, it's not really substantially worse than most other things, you know, the seasonal flu, uh, much to the surprise of people. But at least in terms of the mathematics. But what's happened, though, is in a lot of these cases, like in California, the lawyers are conceding to things that they shouldn't be conceding to, in my opinion. 
Now, these are great attorneys, probably way better than I am, but they're all willing to say, yes, this is a compelling interest. Well, my question is this. When we have had numerous diseases that are far, far more dangerous, the original SARS, MERS, tuberculosis, I mean, pick your disease. These are all far more dangerous. Can we just say it's February heart disease? Uh, That is... (laughs) That is uh, that dwarfs anything COVID has done, and yet oh, we're yeah. still going out, and you know we have no problem with our Twinkies. So, you know, what do you do? Yeah, yeah we haven't outlawed McDonald's under an emergency <laughs> order. Um, Nor should we, but that's a that you know that's that's another topic. Yeah. Well, it would be more justified than COVID, mm-hmm. uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we've got all these other things. We've got this disease that's not anywhere near as dangerous as these others, despite all the fear-mongering that's going on. And I'm just talking about math, and I'm using CDC statistics. I'm not using uh, any sort of made-up or creative math. So what are we doing? And why are we willing to admit as attorneys, why are we willing to concede that this is a compelling purpose? Why are we willing to say to the courts, yep, This is the worst disease ever. It's the worst pandemic ever. It's not. It's just not. The fact of the matter is, is that the disease is just not as dangerous as it's been made out or as what we had originally thought it might be. And so when we look at California or the New York Diocese case, I think that the biggest issue was is that no one said to the court, Your Honor, let's look at the real numbers and the real data and the real statistics on this. And that's kind of what we're doing in our cases. That's one thing that I think has really set us apart. And the reason that a lot of people are talking to us is that's what we're saying. Let's look at the true data. And when I say true, you can fact check me all you want, because I am citing this from CDC, different departments of public health and, and public data. I'm not making anything up and there is no spin in what we do. This is an important thing to hone in on because, yeah, I I think if there was uh, some kind of pandemic like we've seen on many Hollywood movies, and maybe our problem is we've watched too many of those, right? But if if we were looking at something that makes your face, uh, you know, melt off or turns everyone into zombies, okay, I get it. We're going to have to take some drastic measures and get serious about it. And so maybe we didn't know in the beginning but again hello it's a year later we do know so very much more so we should be acting accordingly you know here's here's an example in response to how we open things up in some states what's closed down where we're citing testing numbers and the cdc just announced recently that, oh, oops, we've been testing wrong. Um, I think the numbers have been greatly inflated. Mere hours after Joe Biden was inaugurated, the World Health Organization speedily backtracks on its coronavirus testing methods. The WHO announced its previous PCR testing protocols were potentially producing inaccurate test results, which may have been dramatically inflating the numbers of COVID infections. As a result, the WHO released new guidance for laboratories around the world. The cycle count, which shows how much of the virus is in a person's system, was set far too high, resulting in any level of particles being declared a positive case. 
The WHO warned that the lower the amount of the virus in a person's system, the greater the risk of a false positive test result. Their report cautions that PCR tests are just aids for diagnosis and shouldn't be relied on as the sole determining method. Instead, doctors are being urged to consider other factors like patient history and clinical observations. This announcement isn't shocking to most doctors, who have been warning these testing methods were flawed for the last nine months, but were ridiculed and denounced by the mainstream media. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, let me tell you what. This isn't new news. In my case, you know, that I started putting together back at the beginning of August, I included in that a, a quote from the instruction manual from the PCR te- one of the PCR tests. And this is a quote, this is a statement that is in the manuals for all of these. It says, this test should not be used to diagnose COVID-19. When you go through a drive-through and get a test for COVID-19, and that's all, you just go through, you get your nose swab, and then you get your thing, that cannot diagnose COVID-19. It just can't do it. it it's literally, by definition, impossible. So, if you take a COVID test and you do it at your doctor's office and you have symptoms and you have this and that and the other, that, that it can be helpful in properly diagnosing at that point. But a drive-through COVID test is meaningless. Testing asymptomatic people, uh, people is meaningless. These things, they don't show that you have COVID-19, but they do a great job of scaring everyone. Having particles and pieces of a dead virus in your system do not mean you have a disease. And that's all the PCR tests do. Plus, they run the tests wrong. They're, they're intentionally in, uh, running the tests in a way that's going to show that there are pieces or particles that could be part of COVID in your system, e- even if they're not actually that. Uh, and they do that by amplifying what's in your system so many times that it's impossible to actually tell with with any sort of reason whether you actually have anything that's COVID related or not. And even Dr. Fauci himself admitted that. Wow. And that's huge. When we look at the, those numbers, and we also look at, uh, I live in Seattle in this state, we had a notorious news story that came out last year citing that, yeah, anyone who died that you could see COVID at all in their system was listed as a COVID death. So uh, suicide, COVID death, car accident, COVID death. Now, they say the numbers were fairly low, but I think it's indicative you know, of what happens when we are fear driven. I'm not going to uh, assign necessary, necessarily a nefarious side to that, though I think there is a control issue to this. The government, let's just be honest, they love having that control. And once they get it, they really don't like giving it back. Kind of like increased taxes. Oh, it's just temporary. Sure it is. <laughs> sure it right. is. Well, you're dead on. And, uh, you know, I'll give you a little more on this. So, let me put this in some context. These, the hospital systems, not the doctors, the doctors and the nurses you see, they're usually real good people. But the hospital systems, the systems that they work for, they're making obscene amounts of money off of this. And they get paid more for every COVID case, every COVID death than what they'd get for anything else. That's why there's no flu cases because the symptoms are the same. They don't have to prove that COVID was the cause of death. They can just call every flu case a COVID case. 
that's why, like I said, there's no no flu deaths this year. COVID cured the flu. So <laughs> what? Yeah. So no COVID. Um, so here's the thing. What's happened is, is you know, everybody hears about the car wreck that was called a COVID death, and they're like, oh my god. But what's really happening, and where the real inflation is occurring, is all the people who have. Uh, you know, some disease, they're 80 years old, they had COPD, they had high blood pressure, they had heart disease, they were about to die. And then they got a COVID test that doesn't actually test for COVID. It said there was some COVID in their system. And so they called it a COVID death. And how do you prove it one way or another? You don't. So now what happened, though, was is back in March, the CDC issued a new rule for how COVID deaths are determined. And the problem with it is, and this is really important. So this rule is documented. I got the paper. So fact check away all you want to fact check on this. Every cause of death in the United States is determined using the same method, except for COVID-19. That single disease, the cause of death is determined in a different way. And it says in the rule that they wrote that this rule will cause COVID-19 to be considered the cause of death more often than not. There's no question that they were intentionally inflating the numbers. And when the hospitals get extra money for doing so, and the government's willfully allowing it to happen, what's going to happen? Naturally, oh, yeah. the numbers are way high. The actual So we saw a study recently that suggested that the numbers could be inflated by as much as 1,600%. I don't know what the exact <gasps> number Lord is. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. If, and if it was a quarter of that, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And I don't know what the real number is. You know, I mean, a lot of my scientists are saying maybe around 100,000 if they'd use the regular guidelines. But here's the real issue with that, right? So again, this all sounds shocking. And like I'm saying, oh, don't worry, COVID's not a thing. No, that's not it. The issue is, is that COVID is a thing. It has killed people. But we can't make good determinations about what to do to protect ourselves if we don't know the truth, if we're lied to about it. You know, who do you believe? And am I supposed to believe, you know, they've talked a lot about the vaccine hesitancy. Well, naturally, there's vaccine hesitancy because you've lied about the disease. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't, you know, what about treatment? You know, we know that there are a number of effective treatments that aren't being shared right now. I have medical experts, people who are brilliant doctors, mm -hmm. professors, leaders in, in medicine who said, listen, we've had, we've had loads of COVID cases. We've treated everyone doing this and this and this. And no one's dying. Thomas, I have so, had tons of wonderful people on this program who are leaders in medicine. Uh, naturopathic doctors say, yeah, this is standard viral protocol and have had high success uh, dealing with homeopathy. You know, worldwide, we really haven't lost a patient using homeopathy. What and why aren't we? Why don't we care about these things? We've talked uh, in this program about some of the uh, impairments that are caused by masks, uh, COPD patients that uh, deal with issues, how sometimes the mask creating this warm, moist environment is a breeding ground for viruses and other things, headaches, irritability, 
But yet we are now getting edicts from the White House saying you better wear these. And now fines and, and threats and hotlines where you can report people for not wearing masks. What up with that? Yeah. Well, and uh, you know what? So I'm a dad and an evidence guy, right? I mean, yes. and I don't really a lot of my stuff, you know, people are like, man, you should. You should give the listeners more red meat. Well, if we're talking about law, if we're talking about data, we're talking about science, it is what it is. It doesn't need to be exciting. It is what it is. It's truth. But when we talk about masks, boy, you want to get me going. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I mean, I'm sorry, but if you believe the mask thing, you, you're either an idiot or you're gullible. And I don't know how else to say that. You know, there are 10 million videos online that you can look of people vaping with a mask on and watch all the air just <laughs> flying out everywhere. I mean, yet somehow you think that this is going to protect you. Let me tell you what this actually does. And this is based on many studies. We know it's true. Real science. Not, not Anthony Fauci's, well, wear a mask today and don't wear one tomorrow. The studies have shown that so in terms of viral protection, masks do nothing. They just don't. They, they don't help. But in terms of bacterial and other issues, they're a real problem. They actually increase your likelihood of infection. And my understanding from these doctors and these scientists who have educated me about this is that what happens is viral particles can pass right through because they're too small. But the moisture in the gook that gets on the inside your mask well, bacteria and other bad things grow in there. And then when you inhale back in, it gets sucked back in. So you're, you're actually increasing your risk for infection. And there was a CDC study that came out. And, of course, naturally they didn't talk, mention this, but if you looked at the data on it, almost all the people who got sick in that study were, were avid mask wearers. The people who didn't wear masks didn't get sick. Masks are the dumbest thing. And then we've got Fauci, who said, don't wear a mask, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, wear three masks. I mean, <laughs> you know. Uh, hey, just stop breathing. That'll, that'll, yeah. that'll cure it. That's, that's going to well, stop COVID he, right there. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should. Uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing. Newsflash, Fauci, I need oxygen. You're right. If I put 10 masks on, there probably won't be much getting in or out. But neither will the oxygen. Period. Yeah, right. You know, so, I mean. This whole mask thing, let's apply some common sense here. I, let's get pretend I'm not a lawyer, pretend I'm not working with doctors. Let's just be a normal person and say, well, you know what? I need air. If I breathe in through a wet, nasty, gross thing all day long every day, it's probably going to get grosser, and I'm probably there's probably something wrong. I mean, we, uh, yeah, whether you're a Christian, uh, a Muslim, or, you know, you're a religious person, or whether you're not and uh, believe in the evolutionary thing, whatever you believe, for whatever reason, we were not built to have masks over our face. Yeah. We didn't evolve to have a, a, a growth covering our nose and our mouth. Yeah, it's just not, it's just the dumbest, most no, ridiculous we, but thing. But we I've do ever have heard. a mask. And it's called our immune system. No one is talking about, look, there's a pandemic going on. Uh, cut out sugar. Make sure you're taking high dose, higher doses of vitamin D and C, especially if you're in the northern region where you don't get it naturally. Uh, fruits and vegetables instead of junk food. We're not hearing 
any of that. We are just putting all of our faith in things that just really aren't working, and we're becoming Nazi-esque in our application of it. Do we have any hope? I mean, can we can we get get back to a place of reason? Well, I you know I have high hopes for what we're doing in the courts. I you know I believe that there's there's a good thing there, and I believe in our cases. But I do think that one of the things that you really said is is critical. So you know we've become as a nation so divided, and to me, COVID isn't a right and left issue. It's a freedom mm-hmm. issue. Okay, it's it's not even really about the disease because the disease really is just not that big of a deal. What it's, what's a big deal is the response to the disease. The, the fact that in Ohio, 10 to 14-year-olds, the leading cause of death is suicide. 10 to 14-year-olds. Yeah. These are babies. I know. Oh, gosh. Uh, I and know. it's because of oh. the response. It's because of the lockdown. Yeah. And here's the thing. So I don't care if you lean right, lean left, or whatever. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting when I was seeing the BLM movement this summer and some of these other things is a lot of it was about we want freedom, we want respect. Well, you know, a lot of the people on the right feel the exact same way. You do what you want to do. We just want you just want freedom and respect. We all want freedom and respect. That's an American value that we should all agree on. Freedom and respect means it's my right to decide whether or not I want to wear a mask. And please. For God's sakes, do not tell me, if you're so dumb that you believe that I need to wear a mask to protect you, then don't talk to me because you're not worth talking to. You're beyond hope at that point. You know, if that mask protects you, by all means, wear it. Wear it. If you want to stay home, wear it. You want to wash your hands 200 times a day, do it. You should have the freedom to do that. I, however, am a 44-year-old healthy guy. I work out. I take care of myself. And... You know, I've been giving speeches all winter and uh, shaking hands all winter and am doing just fine. Uh, You know, I mean, but, you know, my people got me on the same prophylactic, ivermectin, that all the politicians were on when they were out shaking hands this this election season. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it works. So why isn't it available to everybody? The politicians were using it. They know they know that. So why isn't it everywhere? First of all, but second of all, listen. Let's let's recognize that freedom and liberty is really the the bottom line here. If you want to wear a mask and be scared, do it. In a country where I can choose to jump out of a perfectly good airplane with a parachute, I should I should certainly be able to decide if I want to walk out the door without a mask. Yeah, I think there's there's something to that in if we are a country that really cares, let's make it easier for folks to work from home. Let's make it easier. If I am not a 44-year-old healthy, I work out male and have a healthy immune system if I have underlying issues, if I need to lock down a little bit for myself, then I should be doing that. This is the only time in history during a pandemic or an epidemic or an outbreak where we have locked away the healthy people with the sick people um, and you know we we were talking about belief systems you know even in the bible there is there's protocol back in the old testament on epidemics on breakouts and even then they had it right you know if someone if someone's sick you know lock them away don't don't get near them let them get through this 
I, I couldn't agree with you more. And ultimately, I would have absolutely supported properly passed legislation that said, hey, let's find a way to help fund people that are at risk staying home, people who are in danger, you know, not being out in the population. You know, if you're sick, stay home, things like that. I'd have been okay with that. Pass it through the legislative process because we have one. Then you're politically accountable. But that isn't what we did. We had a bunch of little tyrants run around, and by tyrants, I'm talking about our governors, who decided that they were going to take control, throw the Constitution out the door, and just make edicts. Well, you know, all we've done is we've killed small business, we've punished healthy people, and destroyed the mental health of our entire nation. Mm-hmm. And it's a sad, sad thing that was done for very selfish purposes, and it needs to be stopped. And God willing, we'll stop it. I want to thank you for your time today, giving us uh, another point of view that the media, unfortunately, isn't allowing, that is not being discussed in the halls of politics. We're demonizing, and it's time that we have a healthy intelligent conversation on this. Uh, Thomas Rents, leading attorney in three major cases concerning the very things we've been talking about. And if you'd like some great information on this and other topics, go to makeamericansfreeagain.com. We'll put the link on our website and everywhere you are hearing me right now. Thomas, thanks for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. My Michelle Live comes to you with thanks from one of our affiliates, in particular, Real Bearded Men. Check out their products, all for our bearded listeners. All my brothers with beards, raise up your beards. Let that thing grow wild from ear to ear. They say you're so cute, clean shaven. I'm so sorry, beard. This ain't no shave, no members, no shaving. Brothers with Beards. We have a special deal with Real Bearded Men. Go to our website, get a coupon code, and use the link. You'll get the best deal on products for men with beards. Hey, I don't want to make you feel real bad if you are legitimately concerned about COVID, but you might want to take into consideration some of the facts. And we're going to be looking at those today. Some of the story that you're not hearing, maybe it can relieve your fear just a little bit. Maybe that fear is like something we have experienced before. And our staff writer, David Summers, takes it on in a brilliant way. I think you're going to love looking at this somersault report. There's something incredible I have to tell you. When the coronavirus first arrived on the scene early last year, the hysterics claimed nothing like it had ever been seen before. I disrespectfully disagree. From everything I've observed over the past year, COVID is similar to a very contagious condition we dealt with daily when I was a kid. It inspired dread required distancing, had its own set of rules, and came with a social stigma. Thankfully, it also had a very rapid recovery time. It was a blight known as cooties. You know, all we have to do is touch you and you'll have cooties too. cooties! Many years ago, this term apparently described a kind of lice which tended to afflict the poor of assets and hygiene, 
but after cycling through generations of elementary school peanut galleries, it mutated into a kind of transient, mystical, undesirable condition, comparable to uncleanness, as described in Old Testament sanitary laws. Cody's defiled with an invisible, intangible blemish, marking its victims as objects of ridicule and scorn. To an elementary school student, it might as well have been fatal. She's like a living twilight zone. As I recall, girls relished their role as gatekeepers of Cootie's outbreaks. I suspect it provided invaluable training grounds for budding gossip columnists. Somehow, the homeliest, most poorly dressed girl in a given class was invariably heralded Cootie Queen by general acclamation and instantly, definitionally, became an unlimited reservoir of this brand of plague. The typhoid Mary of all future localized outbreaks. A cooties outbreak began when a mischievous, attention-seeking girl brushed against the resident cootie queen to acquire this odious biological weapon. She then launched a bout of cootie mayhem by touching some unsuspecting classmate, announcing she had been in contact with the cootie queen and had now come to spread it, along with all accompanying misery, and so cooties traveled from child to child via such playfully malicious interactions. A hand on the shoulder or the back, and a kid would shout, So-and-so's got cooties! And now cleansing could only come by passing it along to some other poor, unwitting, snot-nosed loser to liberate oneself from this humiliating state. So the slower and weaker were always prey to stronger and faster cootie-befouled children. The only effective means of preventing cootie contamination were crossed fingers. So it was always a good idea to keep at least one hand in your pocket. This way, you could pull out crossed fingers at any moment, following a surprise cootie attack, and thus thwart your disheartened cootie-plagued attacker. Fun times. But for almost a year now, we've been treated to a preposterous social experiment employing cootie rules to protect us from a second-rate flu bug, a condition we can't even get clean statistics on because so many of the individuals and institutions cranking out stats have obvious ulterior motives for fudging their numbers whether it's prestige, power, or governmental compensation. By my reckoning, the sources of the most frightening COVID figures are so compromised, so controlling, and so utterly corrupt that to trust them is to choose to be deceived. The current powers that be have used media-generated fear over this virus as an excuse to treat the populace of freedom's beacon as so much sheep to be kept in pens whilst thoroughly fleeced, save, of course, for that nap of wool just long enough to be pulled over their eyes. In the meantime, no touching, no handshakes, no hugging. Maintain your distance, and no matter how healthy you are, keep those masks so taut against your face that you can't breathe anything but your own sickening carbon dioxide. Unless, of course, you're eating on an airline. Coincidentally, the source of no small number of political contributions. In which case, it's perfectly safe to remove your mask mere inches from your neighbor because this virus knows it has to play by cootie rules. It's just that smart. I've seriously considered strapping a table around my shoulders with a pair of suspenders just so that when I enter a restaurant, I need not wear a mask. Because everybody knows that COVID does not travel in the presence of a table. Forgive me for venting my swollen spleen on this topic. On second thought, 
Sorry, not sorry. I'm past caring about the feelings of the irrationally fearful when all the liberties of liberty's bastion are at stake. The citizens of the free world have been deeply violated by politicians and bureaucrats bent upon shackling entire populations by twisting arms from the top down, threatening businesses with fines and liability suits so as to turn them into enforcement arms for the state, forcing customers and employees to abide by pointless, perfunctory mandates designed to kill freedom in the hearts of the people who dwell in the land of the free and the home of the brave. The saying is true, power corrupts. And when governors and health officials usurp the authority, carte blanche, to close whole industries and cut down swaths of the workforce with an unconstitutional wave of the finger, we are no longer living in a free country. Please tell me why adults should not be allowed to live with the consequences of their own choices. If you're in a higher risk category and you're afraid of the Rona, then stay home. If you're showing symptoms of sickness, then mask up. But if you are healthy and rational enough to realize that a disease lacking the potency to appreciably affect death statistics from 2019 to 2020 simply cannot justify all of these maddening lockdowns and cootie rules, then live your life to the best and fullest of your God-given freedoms and tell the haters to shove a mask in it. It's time to show these malevolent, power-mad children running our governmental institutions that we're done playing their cootie games once and for all. Glad I got my cootie shot. Because if you believe their vain promises that they're doing all of this for your health and protection, you need to look again. They've got their fingers crossed. Watch Wednesday. I want to share with you something that's changed my life. Uh, it's a product, and I used to take it when they paid me to talk about it on uh, the radio station. And when I left my job, I stopped taking the product, right? And everything went south. It's Calitrin. It is a collagen supplement and the best out there. A lot of people take it for weight loss. I mean, people are losing anywhere from 10 to a couple hundred pounds. That's great. But for me, what it did is it helped me sleep. It helped me focus. My hair, skin, and nails were looking spectacular. It is amazing for those who may have arthritis, achy joints, that kind of thing. But man, it really is a fountain of youth in a bottle and I could feel its effects when I stopped taking it. So I contacted them and said, hey, do you want to be an affiliate? You know, you don't you have to sponsor my show. Just give me an opportunity to get the product at a special deal and to share that with my listeners. And that's what we're doing. So go to mymichellelive.com, click on the link and learn more about Calitrin, my favorite product. Well, for our Health Watch, what an exciting time it is to look back at a year of craziness and to find out what we've learned, what we know so far about COVID and maybe where we should be moving forward in the future. Welcome to Health Watch. I am Michelle Mendoza. And as we continue our program today, 
we're going to look at those face masks that now we're required to wear in so many settings. In fact, we have a report from Houston where they're saying, okay, people who have, I guess, in the in recent history in the last few months uh, have not worn their masks it's not a play I, I was just in houston they don't wear their masks there everywhere some do and now they could be fined we'll talk about that and we'll talk about some of the good the bad and the ugly of masks but of course we like to get an expert someone smarter than me not hard to find but this guy is also a lot of fun i've experienced it uh, dr eric naputi is a chiropractor health and wellness expert and our guest. Dr. Eric, thanks for joining us. Oh, Michelle, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be with you. So we really want to know what we know now. And in a lot of regards, when we run scared, we just do whatever we're told and we don't always know what's best. And we don't even ask the questions. Um, Do you mind if I play that soundbite from Houston? Please go ahead. All right, let's take Health a listen. experts say masks not only slow down the spread of the coronavirus, but now in Houston, you can avoid receiving a $250 ticket. Most people don't really have $250 to, like, you know, pay off a fine. I support it. Uh, I think people don't take the mask wearing seriously enough sometimes. So far, HPD says no one's been issued a ticket. When they do, we asked ABC 13 legal expert Steve Shellist if the tickets could be challenged in court. But I've got to tell you, based on my understanding of the law, I, I don't think they would have uh, much of a leg to stand on. There are exemptions, including children under 10, if you're able to social distance and if you're eating. Well, there you go. So people are going, what the heck? I'm going to be fined now. You would think, doctor, that that means that we have done the research. We're a year later into this pandemic and we know what's best. Listen, your thoughts. <laughs> Michelle, I have lots of thoughts on I know. <laughs> Wind them up and let them go. This is a crazy well, time. Well, here's what I'll tell you, and here's what we do know for sure. We know that that there's just there's not data that supports this. I, we just had a, um, a conversation on my radio show here in St. Louis last week about this, and we actually put out 103, not not one, two, or three, 103 uh Cited article journals, uh, scientific data points that shows that masks do not stop the spread of viruses. There's l- literally no science that supports this. In fact, the only double-blind controlled study that was done on masks showed that they clearly do not stop the spread of a virus. And if you look at the statements that even the World Health Organization has put out uh, last April even and May uh, when they were interviewed by the BBC – they said that, listen, they felt political pressure to make these policies that even though the science didn't support it. So I, I, I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to be a bearer of bad news, but there's no evidence that supports this. I mean, if you have any common sense, look at states like, I don't know, New York, California, mm-hmm. Hawaii, that had reported 97 percent compliance with mask wearing from the beginning since April of 2020. And yet, if you look at their infection ratio, they're the highest three states in the United States of America. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize this isn't helpful. And I will tell you, as a private practicing physician, I have uh, 12 of my own practices, and we have you know over 40 different doctors that work for us. 
And we find higher levels of respiratory bacterial pneumonia this last year than we've seen in the last 20 years of our practices. Yeah, there's a reason for that. And I think we can look at some of the problems that we're not addressing because, well, just don't question things. Whatever happened to question authority? That was really a a very left-leaning ideology back in the day. Question authority. Question authority. Don't just take someone's word for it. Make sure it's right. Make sure it's true. For crying out loud, can I just get, can I get just get like all Sunday school on you for a moment? Even the Bible says, uh, even the Bible says, test me, try me, improve me, right? I mean, even God yeah. says that so yeah. why aren't we questioning this so i wanted to look at this problem with you one of the biggest ones to me is an issue with innate immunity and how i think it was the bmj that was reporting a, a number of problems with mask wearing and one of those things is viruses love to love to abide in these moist warm environments what happens between your mouth and a mask it's a right <laughs> Yeah, well, Michelle, think about this. This is one thing that people forget, first of all. The, the human DNA, our human body, is made up of 45% viruses. Since the beginning of humans on this planet, our bodies coexist with viruses. There, there are multiple studies that show that if we are exposed to certain pathogens and viruses early on in life, like, for example, chickenpox, that we actually have a less susceptibility to diseases later in life, even things like cancers. And if you understand how the human body works and you realize that we detoxify ourselves through our skin, through our bowels, and through our breath, Mm. if we're not allowed to expel those toxins, which the average adult breathes out about a liter of water every day out of their mouth, and in that water and that fluid are all these toxins. And if we don't... uh, (laughs) get that out of our airspace and we rebreathe that, that's going to perpetuate more problems. Just like I said before, with the respiratory infections and all the bacterial issues and everything. There was a huge study that was just released a week ago, Michelle, out of uh, Germany. And what they said was, they did a study, they, they looked at 25,000 kids, not 25, 25,000 mm. kids that are in school, and they did a survey to the, to the parents and they asked the parents, you know, how are things going what's the deal, you know, what's the response with the mask? And what they found was an overwhelming negative response. 68% of those children had some type of impairment secondary to wearing that mask all day in school. And we're talking about 50% of them had headaches. We had 40% of them had uh, syncope where they were passing out. Kids were having rashes, uh, Mm -hmm. focus and concentration issues. I mean, these are serious, serious problems. And when we're not truly following the science and just basing ideas off of doing something to make us feel like we're doing something, we get public responses like this. And Michelle, let me get Sunday school on you just for a second. (laughs) If God wanted us to have a mask, he'd have created us with one. Well, now let me just challenge you on that, didn't he? It's called our immune system. (laughs) That's exactly right. And by the way, our immune system has we have the innate immune system, the adaptive immune system, all this mm-hmm. stuff. If we don't if we don't get exposed to bugs and bacteria, we can't develop an adaptive immune system. If we don't take enough vitamin D3, enough zinc, enough vitamin C, we don't have enough of a uh, of a of a defense system to fight off sickness and disease. 
And we've put ourselves in a very bad predicament over the last really 12 to 14 months because we've gotten really bad advice from our quote unquote healthcare delivery system. Well, it's because, to my, in my opinion, we get political instead of medical. We are we are reacting, and you know what? Honestly, I'd like your thoughts on this. I wasn't I wasn't upset when this first happened. We didn't know what what this coronavirus did, how it spread. We didn't know a lot. So, okay, let's wear masks. Let's wash our hands. Let's let's teach people again what maybe we forgot in kindergarten. Here's how you wash your hands. Mister Germ doesn't like soap and. Then uh, we're we're you know doing what we can, but you would think we're a flipping year later. We've already got a vaccine, and yet we're still operating in a in, with these masks like it just started a week ago. Michelle, common sense is not that common, <laughs> and and it's not that common not even just among our own physicians and healthcare delivery people. And I don't mean that to be rude. I just mean that to be truthful. I agree with you. We've been. We've literally been uh, doing the same thing, uh, expecting a different result over the past 12 to 14 months. And that is what Einstein said is the definition of insanity. And my question to you is the same question I asked when I testified at the CDC and the same questions I asked when I've spoken to uh, congressmen and women and senators and governors across the country is, why are we not focusing on the most important thing? Mm. And that is absolutely improving our health and improving our immune system function. We know that masks do not stop the spread of this. Right now, there's controversy to see if even the vaccine stops the spread of it. Because right now, according to the CDC, the vaccine does not stop the spread of SARS-CoV-2. So why are we not doing what we should be doing and focusing on really boosting that immune system? We know, for example, Michelle, I don't know if you know this, but Journal of um, Nature magazine which is a medical peer-reviewed journal in um, uh, 2020 showed that if you have adequate levels of vitamin D3 in your system, you have a 77% less chance of contracting COVID-19 in the first place. Journal of uh, uh, Pathogen uh, 2016, this was even before we had COVID really hitting in the United States, because remember, uh, coronaviruses are common. There's 36 of them we know about. If you take enough zinc, healthy levels of zinc can stop the viruses from proliferating and multiplying, keeping the viral load down, which before COVID, when we talked about symptoms, if you were asymptomatic, you didn't have a disease. Now we talk about asymptomatic spread, which is the only disease in the last, I don't know, ever that we've ever talked about someone being a silent spreader. So I think people are very frustrated and very confused. And I think a lot of people also say that, well, why don't we talk about boosting the immune system? Why don't we talk about nutrition? Why don't we talk about the things that yes. we know, like you said, that you learned from kindergarten? Yes, wash your hands. Yeah, if you're sick, stay home. But what about some of the things that you can do? And other wellness doctors like myself, you know, I've treated, we've had over, over a million people download our protocols, and now they're used in hospitals and doctors' offices all across the country, and they work. And it's not just wearing a mask. Well, then think about it. If the, if everyone were to be, boost their immune system, there's no money and no control in it. Forgive me for sounding like a conspiracy theorist, but it's not conspiracy anymore. It's common sense. We have a, a even bigger problem than you than anyone could say COVID is. Uh, Dr. Eric, and that's with heart disease in America. Yet mm -hmm. we we don't you know 
stop people from eating their Cheetos and, and Ding Dongs, right? I mean, we don't right. talk about right. that. Our immune system is there for a reason. We should be talking about, okay, America, wake up. You're getting sick and here's why. Let's stop it. We're eating too much sugar. We're not taking care of ourselves, etc., etc. But here's something yeah. else about masks. And this is the crazy things. There has also been uh, studies on how masks are affecting how we communicate. Oh, and this in a time where communication is completely broken down. We can't even have any uh, small disagreement without it breaking into unfriending and a blow up on social media. But they're saying that now with masks, we're not able to interpret what people are really saying. So it's the equivalent of if we were to only communicate by emojis, would you really get the word out? No. <laughs> Michelle, you're totally right. And and if, if you understand Can you communication say that again? I like a doctor and, saying that, by the way. It just sounds good. I'm sorry, Michelle, what's that? I was just going to say it sounds good when a doctor says that. Michelle, you're right. I just enjoyed that. <laughs> you're, you no, are totally right. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. Well, we you, you, psychologists and sociologists tell us that 90 plus percent of communication is nonverbal. And we're not able to communicate properly. And, and I, as a doctor, doctor is Latin for teacher. If I'm trying to teach someone how to do something for their health and how to convey that with an emotionally charged explanation, I don't know how I can do that with two or three masks on and a visor over my face. It's not possible. Something else, too, is the the negative effects as we talk about the negative effects of masks not just their inefficiency they're they are not effective uh, they just make us feel better like we're doing the right thing and and that's a a people control issue in my opinion but for for those with copd people who have asthma uh, and and then just trying to function when you're breathing more shallowly uh, and you're breathing more often because we all do with masks. I mean, I was out this weekend going around the track and I'm watching people run with their masks on. I'm thinking, man, you are, you're a rock star. I can't do that. I don't know. I, I just find it, uh, I, I find it really, uh, sad that we've come to a place where we can't have this conversation. And I have to applaud you, Dr. Eric, for, for being an outspoken voice to get this conversation moving. So one of my final questions to you, because I've taken up a lot of your time, even though I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, <laughs> how has the feedback been since you have taken this stance and tried to educate America on masks? Well, I think the feedback has been overwhelmingly welcomed. I will tell you that the very small minority of individuals that get upset by this conversation are the same individuals that get upset by any conversation that they choose to get upset by. What I mean by that is this. I'm not telling somebody that they're a bad person for wearing a mask or telling someone they're a bad person for not. I'm just trying to pull a conversation out of people. And I simply ask a question. I say, well, hey, I understand you're wearing a mask. Why are you wearing that? Well, whenever they say I wear it to protect myself and other people, well, come on. We know that the research and data doesn't support that. If you want to protect yourself, take some vitamin D, take some zinc. If you're overweight, we need to get you to a right weight. If you're taking medications, let's try to get you healthy to reverse the need for that. If we do those things that truly help us get back to health, then you can be like the 99.7% of people that get COVID and get, a, get cold and flu-like symptoms or don't even know they have it and be just fine. 
So would, that's what would, I'm saying. If we know all of this, then why did our new president uh, issue his one of the edicts of, well, if you're traveling, you must wear a mask? And why is the the White House and the new administration all gung ho about it? Well, Michelle, I think you said it just a few minutes ago. Once we get back to when politicians be politics and when doctors stay doctors and let the politicians stay out of medicine, that's when we get back to where we're going to be healthy and happy again. I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, this has been the most over-politicized disease that I've ever seen in my lifetime. I don't know anyone else that could make a claim that there's been anything like this before in the last really 100 plus years. And so many people try to compare this to the Spanish flu of 1918, which this has no comparison to whatsoever. We know that the the infection to survivability rate of this thing is clearly, clearly on par with that of the flu, unless you're under the age of 19, and then you have a 0.003% chance of fatality from this, which is why our kids need to be back in school. So it's just common sense isn't that common, and we've over-politicized this conversation. A final question is thinking about our kids, as you mentioned them, we're maybe wreaking havoc with their psyche and their future with what we're doing with this coronavirus. What 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 are we looking at for the next generation as a result? That's a really great question. And I just I was on a panel on um, uh, Fox just the other day talking about this. And one of the psychologists that was on there said that we have done, in his opinion, irreparable damage to the children of our, of our time. Our kids are now living in fear. They can't communicate properly with their friends and their teachers. They're learning. They're going to be behind from that. Now they may be scared of every flu season that comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, the, and the, the lack of trust that people have now for not just our government, but for really anyone in authority has gone up so high that I don't think that's a good thing for our children to be dealing with. And, and that's where we're at, unfortunately, right now. Is there any going back? Are, are we going to be able to unring this bell? Oh, yeah, we definitely can. There's no question that we, but here's the thing, though. We need to do what's right, and we need to admit what we've learned. We need to admit where we've gone wrong. We need to have a public conversation, not a monologue, but a dialogue about here's what happened, here's what we should have done, here's what we're going to do in the future, and we need to let everybody know that, listen, it's safe to go back to school. It's safe to go to work. It's safe to travel. There hasn't been one outbreak on an airplane yet, and we're sitting six inches from somebody. The the, the common sense or lack of common sense over the last really – 12 to 14 months is just unreal. We, we are, and I'm excited about this because if you look at history, and I'm a big history buff, everything goes in cycles. Usually about every 88 to 100 years, there's a, um, an awakening, if you will. There's a secular awakening. The last one we had from a secular standpoint was really during World War II, and I believe that's happening now. And then if you look as well, uh, there's a spiritual awakening that happens about every 60 years or so, oh, we and do. we're right there. Yeah, we're doing. So I think great things are going to come with this. I'm an op- I'm an optimist, and I always believe God's in control, and and I know that good things are going to happen. That's all I can all I can hope for. Gosh, thanks so much for being with us today. Did you have fun? I hope you did. I always I have, have fun, fun with you, Michelle. With you. you need to ask me back again. Oh, I am so asking you back. I am so asking <laughs> you back. This has been great, and let's hope we can have this dialogue without masks, so we can really know Amen. what people are saying. Thanks for joining us. 
Thanks, Michelle. Have a blessed day. More Health Watch at MyMichelleLive.com.